Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Remember God's track record. Return back to God and run to the living water. Uh, Living in an active relationship with the life-giving God of the scripture brings obligations. It's, It's a patient work of worship and prayer and acting compassionately and working for justice. And it's when we participate in that redemptive work of God, keeping promises, welcoming strangers, forgiving debts, Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from the book of Jeremiah, the second chapter, going to be reading verses 4 through 13. Again, that is Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. I'm going to be reading the New International Version today of God's word. Uh, Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you descendants of Jacob, all you clans of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They did not ask, where is the Lord who brought us up out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, through a land of deserts and ravines and a land of drought and utter darkness, a land where no one travels and where no one lives? I brought you into fertile land to eat its fruit and rich produce, but you came and defiled my land and made my inheritance detestable. The priests did not ask, Where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Therefore, I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and will bring charges against your children's children. Cross over to the coast of Cyprus and look. Send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has ever been anything like this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O Lord, our God, you are the king of the ages. You are the king of kings and lord of lords, and there is none like you. Here we are again, Lord God, taking in your word. Let it uh, strengthen our minds, illuminate our hearts, open our eyes, 
and give us what we need day to day. I am but your humble servant behind your sacred desk, and I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. If there is anything in me that is going to keep me from accurately and powerfully uh, preaching your word, take it out. In your son's darling, precious name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. For the time that we get to spend together, I would like to talk a little bit about fresh versus stale water. Fresh versus stale water. Uh, several months ago, I had the uh, joy of being sworn in as an elected official uh, city councilman and now Mayor Pro Tem for the city of Dickinson, Texas. And as an elected official, I have learned more about water in the past few months than I ever thought I would. I'm learning about treatment plants and floodplains and floodways. I'm talking about dredging and drainage and ditch grades and a whole bunch of other water-related topics. I've also had the opportunity to visit a cistern on a field trip. We had some interns spend the summer working for the city and we went into Houston to Buffalo Bayou and Water Park and Cistern to see this massive structure. Uh, it can hold 15 million gallons of water when filled. Um, and that cistern helped to provide water for the city of Houston. Uh, they decommissioned it in 2007. Uh, the city found a better way to store and process water. So they moved on to that new deal, but we all think about water. Uh, we need it to survive. We need water to prepare our food, clean ourselves, clean our places, Water is essential to us. And water is vital to the people of the Bible as well. Uh, it's aptly described in a book called By Water and By Spirit. When it talks about baptism, it says that water provides the central symbolism for baptism. The richness of its meaning for the Christian community is suggested in the baptismal liturgy, which speaks of the waters of creation and the flood, the liberation of God's people by passage through the sea, the gift of water in the wilderness, and the passage through the Jordan River to the promised land. In baptism, we identify ourselves with this people of God and join in the community's journey towards God. The, the use of water in baptism also symbolizes cleansing from sin, death to old life, and rising again in the new life of Christ. In United Methodist tradition, uh, they sprinkle and they pour or they emerge, but water is utilized all the time. It's symbolic. Over and over again, the Bible talks about water. We see a passage of water here in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet, uh, he's considered a major prophet because he spoke and prophesied for quite a long time. Time. He uh, 
started during the time of King Josiah, which is somewhere between 640 and 609 BC through the fall of Jerusalem to 586 BC and beyond. And despite tremendous opposition, including people plotting against him, he persisted to speak his divine word, which compelled him to speak. Uh, uh, from God. You know, prophets don't always say what you want to hear, but they will tell you what you need to hear. And so Jeremiah, while Jeremiah made it into the Bible, I would venture to say when he was talking about what thus said the Lord during that time, uh, which could have been anywhere from 40 to 60 years or longer, people didn't want to hear that. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 2 and Jeremiah chapter 3, for that matter, read like a lawsuit. Uh, God has summoned the house of Jacob to court. The people of God got used to success and then left while the getting was good. God led the people through all kinds of disasters, and yet they still left God. The chosen people of God had chosen other gods. Uh, they shunned God's perfect purposes, even if that meant shunning God's provision. But whatever provision they had made for themselves ran out. And Jeremiah is here to call them out about it. And he called out, Everybody. He called out the priests. He called out the prophets. He called out the politicians. He called out everyday people. These were there were people in all camps that had turned away. And God wants to know, what did I do to make you all turn away? The people went looking for something other than the almighty. And that. Jeremiah says is precisely what they got. Uh, they got gods who aren't really gods. They got gods who could not hear or answer the prayers. They got gods who could not save them. And now that calamity has come upon them, trouble has come their way. Chains and chants can happen to us all. And everything that we thought was worth something can become worth nothing in the blink of an eye. You see, at the time of this writing, Babylon is either just about to take Israel over or they've already taken Israel over. And in warfare, particularly in the warfare that you see in the Bible, when an army wants to take over a city, uh, they cut off communication to other places and they cut off supplies and they cut off water. The town has no more connection to running water, but that's okay, right? Because they have cisterns 
with water that was saved in those cisterns. Uh, cisterns were a big part of the daily life in the ancient Middle East. This was a desert climate and there was not a lot of indoor plumbing going on. And so they had these underground storage tanks that collected runoff from the roofs in the rainy season. And, and at the height of the summer, the cisterns offered uh, enough water to get through the thirsty days. Cistern water didn't taste the best. Water from a stream was far tastier, but still it could sustain life. And one attraction of these self-devised cisterns is that we construct, uh, they, is that we feel like we can control it. Um, you know, uh, even when we aren't in control, we still want to feel like we're in control. And so the people got the water cut off because they had, as uh, Dr. Uh, Heller says all the time, you do good, you get good, you do bad, you get bad. They had done bad, and so they got bad. And when the water was about to run out, they were like, fine, I saved water in my cistern. I'll be all right. They lost their access to moving water. You know, you want to feel like you're in control even when you're not really in control sometime. And so the cisterns started going empty. Cisterns started getting cracks in them. And now they're out of the water they saved. And now you need fresh water again. What is truly an abomination to the Lord? What is uh, an abomination. We spend time pointing out the behaviors of other people, looking at what they do and saying, well, that person does this and I don't. Uh, this person does that, but I don't do that. But I would venture to say that the people that Jeremiah were talking to had gotten a, a, a little ahead of themselves uh, they may have gotten some letters behind their names. They may have gotten uh, to the point where they thought that they were responsible for their own success and growth and didn't think they needed God anymore. That is just as bad, if not worse, of an abomination in the eyes of the Lord than whatever your favorite sin is to call out about somebody else. The people thought that they could survive and thrive on their own. You know, they, they were looking at the speck in a neighbor's eye, but not looking at the beam in their own eye. And because they thought that they had gotten it all together, because they thought that they could survive and thrive on their own, this is where they ended up getting surrounded, being cut off from communication and supplies and fresh water. But there are ways that you can turn the things around. Uh, the first thing you need to do in order to turn the thing around and stop depending on stale water is to remember God's track record. God brought them out of Egypt. God helped the people cross the sea on dry land. God 
kept them in the wilderness, made sure they had something to eat. God brought them into the promised land. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the God that did all of that is the same God that will be with them in their troubles. God has a track record and a proof of performance. And if you stick with him, he'll provide your needs. He will continue to wake you up and start you on your day and put food on your table and clothes on your back and keep you in your right mind. He's done it before and he'll do it again. We have thousands of years of documentation to know that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have thousands of years of documentation to know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy shall come in the morning. God has a track record and he's never failed. And if he'd done it before, he'll do it again. So we just need to remember God's track record. And then remember God's track record and return to God, it's never too late to return to God. He says it over and over again they, why, why, uh, when he talks about what they should have said and what they should have done. He provides it in the Bible. Call on the name of the Lord. Confess your sins. Turn it all over to God. He'll take you back. He tells us what he wants to say. He tells us what he wants. He says the priest did not ask, where is the Lord? Ask, where is God? Don't just operate on your own. Look at what God has done for you. He's done it before and he'll do it again. They say that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. But the second best time is now. It's never too late to turn back to God. You are in the family. God loves you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Remember God's track record. Return back to God and run to the living water. Uh, living in an active relationship with the life-giving God of the scripture brings obligations. It's, it's a patient work of worship and prayer and acting compassionately and working for justice. And it's when we participate in that redemptive work of God, keeping promises, welcoming strangers, forgiving debts. That we drink from the fountain of the living God and discover a quality of life, both sustaining and sustainable. Don't just depend upon the stale cistern water that you have saved up on your own. Tap into the living water. Just like Jeremiah said to stop trying to carry around those broken cisterns that have cracked. Uh, John uh, 4, 13 through 14, where Jesus talks to the woman from Samaria at the well. And Jesus said to her, verse 14, whoever drinks from this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Only what you do for God will last. 
We cannot put our trust in presidents and so-called prophets and priests and politicians. We can't put our trust in them. We have to put our trust in God. Be not dismayed or whatever betide. God will take care of you beneath the wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day over all the ways. God will take care of you. Don't put your trust in man. Put your trust in God. Don't put your trust in saved up stale water. Put your trust in the living water. That's the only one that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or imagine. That's the only one that can do anything but fail. That's the only one that sits high but looks low. We need to put our trust in him. That's the only way you'll not be disappointed. That's the only way you'll have enough to take care of you and everything that you need taken care of. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for the word that went forth for those who heard it and those who may hear it later that they have a desire to tap into the living water, the well that never runs dry. Let this be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest for your kingdom, 30, 60, 100 fold. It is in the precious, perfect, powerful name of Jesus the Christ we pray, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.